0: And Jesus ascended into heaven and said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he did promise that the time would come where the Spirit would be outpoured. And it was, just as he said. And what do we do with it? You know, one of my favorite stories of all time, as many of you know, I love stories. is a true story about Larry Waters uh, some of you have heard it before. Larry Waters, back in 1987, truck driver living in Los Angeles, California, had something to say. But it didn't start that way. He was just bored. He, he didn't know what to do with an afternoon that he had on his hands, so he went shopping. As it were. He might even call it a, a little bit of retail therapy. He, he went and he bought some strange things. He went to an army surplus store. He went to a Home Depot. He he went to a rental place as well for party favor kind of things. and came back to his house and he assembled what was his plan. It all involved a lawn chair in his backyard. He staked it down. He tied ropes to the lawn chair. He, he got some milk cartons that he had been storing up in the garage, filled them with water, tied them to the chair. He tied the ropes then to a large Uh, weather balloons that he then had pumped up with helium tanks that he had rented from the rental store. And there they were hovering over the the chair, 40 of them in all. And then Larry went inside, got a cooler, and filled it with some adult beverages and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, grabbed his pellet gun, and there's a reason for that I'll share in a moment, and sat in the chair, uh, belted himself in, and then told his girlfriend to cut him loose. Now, his plan was um, to go and hover about 100, 150 feet above the backyard neighborhood and just get a different view of things. Well, the thing was is when Larry Waters did this, not only did the balloons propel him up in the air, they propelled him into fame and glory. Short-lived, but he did the the talk show circuit for a while, and here's why. Larry didn't go up 150 feet or 100 feet. He actually shot up to 10,000 feet. And from the height of 10,000 feet, hanging on for dear life, the pellet gun, which was going to be his source of regulating his altitude by popping balloons along the way, was useless because he didn't want to let go. And the idea of untying some of the mill cartons to let them, the ballast, well, that didn't make sense because he only wanted to go further down, not up. And I take you back to the fact Larry Waters lived in Los Angeles, California, which is also home of Los Angeles International Airport. Now, being that high up in the air, the, the planes that were circulate, circulate or circulating, uh, waiting for, for, uh, to land, radioed down to the control tower, and they says, you're never going to believe this, but there's a guy up here in a lawn chair. Folks, this really happened. And... And I always think about, can you imagine, you know, you're, you're on vacation with your family and you look out the window and, and you're thinking, hey, we're going to Disneyland and we're going to go check out Hollywood and, hey, mom, look at the guy in the chair. And, and mom or dad says, we're definitely in California, aren't we? And ha-ha. Anyway, so finally, after three hours... Larry like drifted out over the water, and then the winds thankfully pushed him back in, and he crash lands in a neighborhood uh, surrounded by police cars and reporters that were ready to hear anything they could and take in this story. This had created quite a buzz in the Los Angeles area because they'd shut down the airport during those three hours. And finally... Uh, a reporter got a chance to just ask him one question before he was being wheeled away, and they simply asked him, why'd you do it, Mr. Waters? And this is what he said. Because you can't just sit there, folks. I love that. I'm not suggesting you go do that, but I love that way of living. Because you can't just sit there. It's one of my favorite stories of all time, and because I think it teaches us something very appropriate today what do we do with what we have seen and what we have heard can we sit there and just continue to go through the motions of daily life, uh, you know, waking up every morning, having our same cup of coffee, staring at the same view out the backyard or the front yard or front porch, going to work or, or reading the newspaper or spending our day in the golf course or going out to work out and, or going to the store and the grocery store and, and going through the motions of life with our family and friends. When we realize that life, eternal life is on the line for those who don't know Jesus. How can we just sit there when our God has said, You will be my witnesses when the Spirit comes on you. Do you have the Spirit of God today? I mean, by nature of our baptism as children of God, the answer I thought might be a little more resounding Yes, and do we have the same spirit that the disciples had back in the early days of the church? The answer is, same spirit, alive and well. But what do we do with that spirit of God in our lives? Well, I know how this goes. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses, and this is how we take that. We say, I know what he meant by that. By me being nice to people, Jesus will come to be known in their lives they'll know Jesus through my niceness. And you know what not to under underplay what Jesus said, you know, they will know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Very important. Absolutely. But Jesus didn't say that's it. <laughs> he said you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses and in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and to all the ends of the earth he he said the holy spirit will come on you you will be my witnesses he didn't say just go out and be nice you notice there's a lot of nice people they live around us they might even live in your neighborhoods they might work where you work they might go to the same country club you spend time in they might uh, spend time at the the same uh, uh, card group you get together with playing bridge they they might be in in, and in the same golf league with you these are people who are very nice lots of nice people these days but what i've found is not everybody who's nice knows jesus and there's a lot of people who don't know jesus who are very nice if that's the plan to share jesus with the world well how's that working for us to simply be nice When our God has called us to something even greater than that. I love what what Peter says about this when he says it. He, He says, you know, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. And do so with gentleness and respect. This is Peter who had received the spirit of God. And we see that played out on that first Pentecost. As the promised spirit of God comes on that early church. And it says there, as as we read it today, and and there they are, the disciples are gathered, the Spirit comes, this loud rushing wind, and and they are enabled to speak. Not be nice, they they were able to speak. And, And they talked other languages that they'd never heard. Learned before. This is not a Rosetta Stone uh, example or commercial. You, you've maybe heard about that. You can listen to these audio uh, CDs and learn how to speak another language. They weren't doing a, a sideline uh, a job on uh, learning another language. This is not true. This is what was going on. Is This is a miraculous moment where they were able to speak the message of the gospel in a language that could be understood by the people gathered in Jerusalem. Profound stuff here. It's one of those that makes you say, are you kidding me? How is this possible? It's possible because God can do anything. And God used uneducated fishermen who probably had lots of tattoos and, and spent a lot of time just out swearing at times because that's the kind of people Jesus called, people we wouldn't expect who were outside looking in. Jesus called them by name and he empowered them with the spirit to speak the language of the people. And to proclaim with their words, salvation through Christ. So much so that the thousands gathered there in Jerusalem that day, it got their attention. And they call out, they say, what must we do to be saved? And that's when Peter, Peter who often says the wrong things at the wrong times, said the right thing in the right time, in the right way, because the Spirit of God had taken over his life. And he finally, after sharing all of Scripture and the message of salvation and and the brokenness of humanity and the need for a Savior, Peter then says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, Peter said, is for you and your children and all who are far off, all who the Lord our God will call. And Acts 2 goes on to say that that day over 3,000 people were baptized. And these weren't all adults because it's very clear from what Peter says, every one of you, and he says it, that this promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, who God called that day to faith through the power of the message that was spoken and preached and shared. Yes, see, witness is meant not just to be a life lived out in niceness, but a witness of words. Where would God lead us with that today? To be people who speak about what we have seen or what we have heard. I love how Jesus says this earlier in, in Matthew chapter 10 when he says you know, that when the time comes, do not worry about what you will speak or what you will say. For when that time comes, you will be given what to say and it will not be you speaking, but the power of the Holy Spirit. You see what's going on here? is that when God opens our minds and hearts and we quit resisting and saying, well, that's not my thing. I don't talk about Jesus. That's for other people to do. That's for pastors and people like that. And yet you look at the early church and you realize, yes, the disciples weren't able to speak, but we find out as the early church goes out, it's not those early apostles. It's the church, believers that are coming to faith day by day who are going out and speaking about what they had seen and what they had heard. And it was making an impact. You know, today when you go out for brunch later, imagine when your your, your server comes to the table and and uh, you're ready, you've given your, your order and, and then you, you you just pause and you say, Lord, what what would you have me say here? She seems like she's having a really bad day or he looks like he's... He's maybe been over overwhelmed and you just you sense it and you, you simply say, Lord, what would you have me do here? And, and imagine just simply saying, hey, we're about to pray for our meal. We're praying people. Is there anything we can lift up for you in your life today? It's amazing where that kind of conversation or question can go in, in showing love and concern and care and sharing Jesus with people. Maybe it's Rather than just going through the motions of playing golf this week, you, you have an opportunity to have a conversation and not just sit there, but rather God would open a spiritual conversation about Jesus. Or maybe it's with a family member this week that you know has been really struggling or has a lot of questions and you've been avoiding the topic. Could it be God has put you in their life for just such a time as this to speak about what you have seen and what you have heard in your life in God's faithfulness and his love and to realize in that moment, it will not be you speaking, but the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through you. The same powerful spirit that enabled uneducated people to speak languages they'd never known. God might be asking you to speak a language you do know. But just take a step of faith and to say, Lord, give me the words today. What could happen? Some years ago, I shared this before. It's my favorite example. I met a guy by the name of Bill. Uh, Bill was on a mission trip that I was on to Sri Lanka after the tsunami hit Indonesia back in—I think it was around 2003 or so, like somewhere in there—and and and we were there. And I—Bill was my roommate. He was a retired guy, um, and uh, he had recently, just before that, some months before, lost his wife, and uh, he had shared a big part of that story with me as as we're getting to know each other on the trip, and. Um, One of the things Bill told me is is he just loved to work and and use his hands and his time to serve Jesus. And it it was powerful. And you could see, I mean, when we'd unload the truck at at every mission site, he was like the first one in line to to lift heavy stuff and and just loved to serve. And and God had given him a heart for that. But one of the things Bill made clear to me, he said, one thing I I, I tell you, Pastor, I, I could never talk about Jesus to people. He says, that's just not my gift. I, I, I stumble over my words. Just let me serve people. That's my deal. And, and uh, he said, I, I, I appreciate pastors. You guys, you can speak about Jesus and talk about him. And so I could never do that. And I challenged him on that. I, I said, I'm, I'm convinced, persuaded from God's word that all of us uh, are, are called to speak about Jesus. And and uh, he's like, I, but I could never do that. I'd say the wrong thing. And I said, you know, but, and I reminded him of God's word. He says, when the time comes, Jesus said, it, it will not be you speaking, but the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through you. And he said, well, that's nice and all, but he says, I could never be used by God like that. And uh, fast forward a few days, and we were wrapping things up at one of the mission sites, and one of the the guys we met along the way, his name Ernie, and, and he uh, had waited in line for eight hours to receive eyeglasses, and he ends up didn't ha- need a prescription at all, so we gave him some sunglasses, and he was all excited, and he was missing teeth, and he was going around smiling with his new glasses, and, and uh, just a really funny guy, but got to know him a little bit, and uh, he, he shared and opened up some of his struggles with alcohol, and, and, and living in poverty, and, and just dealing with it by spending his income That he'd make uh, any way he could on 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 booze and and he'd always make this gesture he's like this is how i deal with life you know and 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 he was making a joke but you could tell it was really serious for him because he was hurting and uh, we had had opportunity to talk with him but the one day when finally he he was gone and we didn't know where he went and our uh, last night they were on the beach it's it's maybe 10 o'clock at night we walked down to the beach one last time uh, in, in sri Lanka there and and I remember it was moonlit it was It was just kind of glistening off of the water that was was churning in, and, and there were crabs running everywhere. I just had this memory of that. It was just b- bizarre, and we were laughing at the crabs and then all of a sudden, out of the darkness, wah! and, and it 's it's Ernie, and we 're like thinking we 're getting mugged and, and we 're in a, another country and, and he 's laughing, and we could see his his couple teeth that he had kind of glistening in the moonlight and and we're like, Ernie! And we're giving them big bear hugs. We're like, we're so glad to see you. And then and I sensed the time was right. And, and I said, Ernie, we haven't shared this with you, but uh, we came all the way from the United States not to give people eyeglasses. We, we actually came for a bigger reason, and that was to share Jesus with people. And, and our prayer has been that uh, God would open eyes of faith to know Jesus and his amazing love. And and, uh, and, I, and I started to share. I said, Ernie, you've shared. You've got some struggles. And he's like, yeah, I sure do. And he started making the gesture again. I said, you know, could it be God is calling you to know something that goes beyond anything you've ever heard before? And, and I was starting to share. And at that moment, I got interrupted. Do you know who interrupted me? Bill did. And, and Bill said, Pastor, if I could share you. And he, he just, with passion, he said, Ernie, I've been an alcoholic my whole life. I've struggled with alcohol. He says I I once got arrested and and was taken to jail and I'm sitting in a jail cell and I called out to Jesus with his for his help and and his love and, and forgiveness as I felt so much guilt and so much shame. And he says, God heard my prayer. And I haven't had a drink since then, but I've also experienced more joy in my life as a recovering alcoholic in the power and the daily strength of God's presence in my life. And with that, I'm looking back at Ernie, and Ernie is weeping. And and Bill gets done sharing his story, and I'm just dumbfounded as I'm realizing here's the guy who said he could never be used by God to speak. And uh, with that, We said, let's pray. And and, uh, Ernie drops to his knees. We prayed over Ernie on the beach that night as he wept aloud. And as we shared and and prayed for God's healing in his life and God's presence over him in the strong name of Jesus, you know, Holy Spirit was very present there. And and I was reminded, God can do anything. What's he going to do through you this week? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, we can't just sit there when we realize the profound impact of your gospel, of what we have received and what we have seen and what we have heard. Lord, use us to make a difference. May we not just be people who come to church for an hour or so each week or sit in a Bible class to learn more about you and information, but Lord, may we be transformed by your Spirit's power through all of that to go out and bear witness just as you said it would be, the same powerful spirit alive and well in each of us. But we open our minds and hearts right now to people we may already have thought about who don't know you and have maybe brushed off the idea of being the one to speak and share that message. Lord, may we lift them up before you now, as well as asking you to make us available. To be used by you. To speak of your grace and your love. Open those doors. Open those opportunities for us. And open hearts. Including our own. To be powerfully used in your name Jesus. In your grace and your powerful love. As a resurrected. and, And as living savior among us. We pray it in Jesus name. Amen.